Hello and welcome to the latest from Hearts Standard. My name is Joel Sked and we're only three minutes late in starting because uh, I didn't blether as much as you usually do uh, with James before hitting the record button. How's it going, James? Yeah, not bad. Not too bad. Not too bad. Um, <clears throat> feeling a wee bit better. I, missed the, I wasn't at Spartans on Saturday, unfortunately, as I wasn't feeling very well. Um, but uh, to be honest, having watched the game, uh, <laughs> watching on from home and don't feel like I missed too much, I'll be honest. Uh, but we'll go on to talk about that in a wee yeah. bit anyway. How are you? No, How are you? Good yes, on? good, good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad both yourself and Laura Shankland are on the mind uh, <laughs> from uh, the weekend's weekend's illness. What uh, what top have you got on before we before we, before we crack? Oh, on? this is um, oh, it's everyone's favourite Polish team, Wisla Krakow. There we go. It's nice. There we are. Nice. I was going to say red star, but it's a white star. So let's move on. Yes, like you said, we're going to speak about the Spartans game from the weekend. We won't, we won't, we won't spend too long. And like you said, it was, it was, it was the most exciting of games. And then we'll look to preview the Dundee game. We might uh, touch on, depending time wise, on a couple of stories that have uh, that have uh, broken or happened over the last. Um, kind of last 24 hours or even just the last few hours so yeah let's go with the Spartans game I will um I'll, I'll put it to you because I have written a couple of pieces just about things I learned what 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 did you what did you take from the game see I know this isn't probably the answer you're looking for but it's one of those games where I don't know if there is too much you can take from it you yeah know, yeah it is a saying it was essentially a training exercise for well certainly the first hour or so and up until the Spartans got their equaliser, I mean, fantastic equaliser, by the way, absolutely wonderful goal. But certainly up until that point, it was just, you know, the Spartans' defence just completely camped out in the open box, completely camped out in the 18-yard uh, line, and just, there was just no space for Hearts to play. It was just them saying, all right, we're going to sit back, we're going to defend deep, try and break us down. And for long spells of the game, Hearts struggled to do that, I think. You know, I think there was... There was a big, I think they had a lot of the ball and there was a lot of control about it. And it was difficult to see Spartans scoring unless it was going to come from a set piece or something like that. It didn't, it didn't really seem as if it, they weren't threatening too much from open play. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's one of those games where I think it's just about just find a way to win, just find a way to win. And yes, it would have been obviously a lot better if it hadn't been left quite so late. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but at the same time, it's a difficult game to play. You know, those matches where, you know, because credit to the Spartans, they were very well organised. They did defend really well. And their goalkeeper was in fantastic form as well. I mean, it's a few great saves. When that happens, it can become a bit of a slog. It can be difficult. Certainly, you could tell the way the ball was shifted about in the park. Uh, the players didn't really seem to understand that the ball would be skating quite a lot like around the pitch. Like, they kept kind of overhitting passes and things like that, which yeah. wasn't great. Um, so there was all that, but I guess positives would be uh, another goal for Vargas. That's always good. You know, that's three and three now. I think. Yeah. Um, Kent finally off the mark as well. I mean, he spoke about that a wee bit in his post-match interview on the BBC, saying that he's had quite a few headers this season, and even in that game, he had a couple where I think they're basically free headers from corners. They still managed to sky them. So it's nice that he's finally managed to get um, get 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 his goal and get get up and running in that sense because it's been deserved it's been a fantastic signing but overall i think you have to say it was it was fairly underwhelming i think yeah i i think that is the i think though that's the word to use we looked at full time i was just like right there was it was a mixture of relief and like oh that was what wasn't great at all and then 
with the benefit of hindsight and then like the three PM games, you're like, right, okay, it's wasn't as maybe not as bad or um, as as you look just because everyone else in the Premiership seemed to struggle. Hibs struggled against Forfar, uh, St Mirren beat Queen of the South by a goal, couple of. Uh, a um, couple of Premiership teams lost, albeit to Championship teams. Obviously, Park Thistle got a, a modicum of revenge against Ross County, and the St Johnston got beat by Airdrieonians, who Hearts will face in the next round. So, yeah, I think the, I think the, I don't think it was, it wasn't a performance that caused for drastic, uh, which kind of should worry too much just on looking around the the rest of the, the the competition, but at the same time, you're just still thinking this team still has a wee bit to go, maybe a lot to go, and in learning how to break teams that sit deep and are well structured, well organised, who give up possession to focus on their position. No, definitely. Because I mean, look, obviously the winning goal came directly from a corner. Uh, the opening goal as well was like a, a second phase of a free kick or a corner, I'm sure, yeah. as well. And the ball got back, worked back out to Grant. So, you know, again, it was the team, <clears throat> yeah, from open play, they were struggling. And it's because there was no space. And part of it as well is the fact that you look around the Hearts midfield, there's not many of them that are comfortable um, or particularly excel. I don't think it's shooting from range. Um, so it meant that you know, there weren't like, there's a couple of times for instance when maybe the ball breaks to Beningi when he's say I don't know 30 yards from goal nobody in front of him and he's not that kind of player he can't just have a goal he's not, he's not really got that in his locker and you look around the other players in the squad and say I know he really does to be honest um, I, th- I thought Vargas had a good, quite a good game in that he yep. was <clears throat> uh, like dropping deep a lot um, to come and get involved to build up and then he'd, and then he'd kind of charge forwards hoping to drag players out of position didn't really work, but he was at least trying. Um, Tagawa obviously <clears throat> really struggled in the game. <clears throat> didn't really touch the ball much at all, apart from that clearance from a few yards out. Well, a, a clearance at the wrong end when the ball kind of got looked up in the air and it fell down to him. And that was just weird. I think it might be his last uh, contribution before... Possibly it might have been, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, it, was, it was second half, I think, wasn't it? So, uh, yeah, I mean, that was... Yeah, he didn't have a great game, but to be fair, it, it's a very difficult game to play as a striker, that one. Um, particularly when it's someone like him who we know Tagawa likes to, you know, he's good at running in behind, he's he's good at playing if there's space in front of him to attack, he's not bad at that. But you're not going to get that against Spartans and he didn't get that and he was completely ineffective. Um, you know, even, and then obviously James Wilson comes on, he, he had a couple of good, good moments, but it was largely the same story and that he was struggling to get at the chances where he could actually get shots away. So I think that, yeah, I mean, it wasn't a disappointment. I think Tagala struggled. Oda was probably the biggest disappointment, I think, uh, in that there were plenty of opportunities for him when he was, when Hearts had pre- pushed right up and the ball was often worked to Kent. He tried to play a ball inside the opposition fullback for Oda to then cut inside. Oda just didn't want to cut inside. <laughs> he didn't want to do it. He didn't do it once. Um, he, had, he had a poor game. He was poor. Yeah, I was going to I was going to bring up um, to the players you said there. So like, like I agree with yourself and I agree. I'm so frustrated with Voda. Never once tried to yeah. take his man on. He just kept on passing it back. Go and be positive and commit the defender. We've I've, I don't know how many times we've talked about that previously with um, uh, with Voda and just he's got talent, but it's frustration that he doesn't have that um, 
just have, doesn't have that mindset to get the ball and just go. And we saw that. We've saw it, seen it with Fe Forrest. But then we saw it with Dexter Limpikisa when he came off the bench. Yeah. His first thought was get the ball, knock it down the line. It was almost like he was an old school winger. And he just showed blistering pace. And it, it, he definitely was, uh, he kind of definitely showed Oda how to do it. No, definitely. I mean, one of the things as well that I thought was really good about Limpikisa was <clears throat> sometimes he'd kind of, uh, shift the ball forwards if he's about to bomb down the wing he then cut it back and then curl it into the box on his left which is nice to see he's got that kind of mm-hmm. uh, ambidextrousness ambidexterity in his feet you know that's always good to see uh, so it's quite good because I didn't know he could do that and he, again he looked lively he looked interesting but I mean you're right with Oda I mean particularly like, he, like you say we've, we've talked about it a lot particularly when he's in the premiership yeah we always seem taking on his man more this was against you know with the greatest respect to the Spartans this was a League 2 team and you know yeah so he's up against Callum Booth, who you know is is a good player for that level. But you know, again, it's a league. T- he's, he's playing in League Two for a reason, and you kind of wonder why does if he's not got the confidence to try and take on players of that level, like why not? I mean, you know that that, that that's probably the biggest concern. I would I would argue. But um, in terms of positives, yeah, Limbikisa. No, really, before we really uh, before we go on, all right, yeah, sorry, I'll let you talk about Limbikisa because uh, I was going to go on to uh, speak about Oda Netagawa as well. All right, uh, well, I'll just quickly say this: I thought he really impressed. Mm-hmm. Um, he looked really lively. He looked happy to take his man on. Um, Oda could probably learn a thing or two from that. And I just think that he he um, on, a, on a day where there weren't too many positives, I would argue that Limbikisa was probably the most impressive uh, performer that day. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, I, I think you you look at him and he is, if he can replicate that attitude with in possession at Tynecastle, I think he could be a massive favourite if he, because Hearts fans want to see a, a wide player be direct and yeah. just be quick and kind of just uh, fly up and down the wing. So that was really positive. Yeah, Oduk, a couple of guys I mentioned in there, the... Um, um, Robert Gill said, I think Vargas has got something. Yep, absolutely. But without Shanks, we look lost. We'll come on to Shanklin soon. Tagawa and uh, I know they're not working. Another experienced forward is is needed. So, yeah, on that Tagawa and Oda, I really don't think they missed. They, they took their opportunity. He was listening to scarfs around the funnel earlier, and Laurie was saying, so he, him and Robert Warfuck for Hearts TV, they were positioned right beside the Hearts dugout when they were doing their commentary. And Laurie was saying that how often he heard Naismith shouting at Tagawa and Oda, and obviously just in, in a way that he wasn't happy with their, their output. Mm-hmm. Tagawa just, he's, whereas Oda has shown moments of quality and glimpses of, uh, glimpses of end product, Tagawa's in, in, he's not had a, uh, he's, he's not played consistently, he's had his injuries, but he just looks like he struggled to adapt and he's not had the running, maybe not had the running games to get up to, uh, the speed of things, but at the same time, he's not shown enough in his minutes so far to kind of justify that uh, justify that running game. So it's a it's it's a difficult one. Do you do you kind of persist and then at the, maybe at the detriment to the the team as a whole, or do you uh, do you take him out and try and just hope to build his um, his level up? So that's one question. Second question, James is. If not, do you go and look at adding to the striker? Um, options before the window closes. Liam Boyce is still not back, but he should be back soon. And then you've got Vargas, who obviously is is picking up and looks like he's going to have a strong second half to the season. What 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 are your thoughts around Tagawa and the striker situation? I, I kind of think, uh, firstly on Tagawa, I guess 
yeah, you know, we talk about yeah, Oda showing glimpses. I can think of maybe two good things that Tagawa's done. I remember the opening day against St Johnston. He set up Shank on for that goal right at the death, and that was really good. And I remember his goal against Partick Thistle again, good goal, well taken. But you know, apart from that, there's really not been much to write home about at all. Um, I don't think that he's shown that he can be relied upon to score goals in the event that Shankon's injured or suspended or whatever. And I think that in terms of the overall striker situation, if if everyone's fit and available, then no, Hearts probably don't need anyone else. But that's the big thing. It's like, well, Liam Boyce, again, he's a good player. Can you rely on him to stay fit for a full season? Probably not. The evidence would suggest no. Um, and even then, when he has played... He's only got one goal this season. You know, again, Vargas, he's started to pick up a bit. But again, he's got four goals this season. I, th- I think another striker is definitely required, to be honest. I do. Um, I think that uh, in terms of bodies, um, Naismith's probably fine on that front. And that he's got enough options there. But in terms of options that can uh, deliver consistently, he's only really got Shankland. Um, and yeah, to be fair, Vargas is picking up. But again, I, I do think there needs to be another option in there. I do think there needs to be someone else who can provide, um, who can chip in with a few goals and provide some sort of goal goal threat. Because right now, I mean, let's face it, no, apart from Shankland and more recently Vargas, no one else is really contributing in that way. I mean, the, the obvious one on everyone's lips, I wrote about it yesterday, was Kevin Vervine. Yeah. Yeah, that's just a look. He seems prime for a loan deal, knows the league, experienced. You think if you. Uh, yeah. I think I agree. If everyone stays fit, Hearts will finish third. But that he's almost like you're 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 uh, you're minimising the risk factor if you if if you were to bring him in, and obviously the the money that brings in. I think there are two two big ifs, and if you don't sign someone, as Vargas continues his goal scoring form and could finish with double, there's you could easily with the way his trajectory is going, he could finish double figures of the season, and you say that's a really good return, especially second half of the season. So there's that possibility, and then the other possibility is Liam Boyce if he gets back fit, and then you look at you look at his his he's looking at the stats yes in terms of shots and xg and stuff like that. Liam Boyle should be scoring a lot more than he does. And I think that's it's a big frustration of Hearts fans just the last couple of seasons is sometimes he's been uh, too wasteful in front of goal. His uh, decision-making or he tries to take one touch too many or he tries to cut back, steady himself. Maybe he needs to be, like Shankland, a bit more ruthless. And again, he's done that in the past. He scored 20 goals in back-to-back seasons for Ross County. So he is very much uh, capable of it. So I think if Boyce and Vargas were able to step up their output, then you don't need another striker. But but I think it, it does minimise that risk. If if the if the, the if Naismith uh, or the management team are not sold into Galwin, I think he's he's not ready to be um to be part of uh, the the team regularly. And maybe the, uh, the Spartans game was um a kind of. Um, big moment within that, then probably do looking at another other body, and I don't think it'd be to be the worst thing to have someone who's more of a maybe kind of target man or a physical striker in there when you are against pack defenses and you do need to just pop the ball in the box from from wide position. So, so there is that. I think that will do for the Spartans game. We move on to the Dundee game. Unless you're going to add anything, James. There was just one one thing. I was like, well, if you're wanting a, a big unit up top. There's surely one man who stands out above the rest right now, right? You want? I know you're a fan, Joe Nubley. 
Yeah, yeah he's, he's away. I think he's he's away to uh, Exeter City. So um, ah, Harris can offer a few more quid than Exeter. Yeah, the, the fact that he's he's, he's destined for Exeter Exeter City, I think, says a fair a fair amount about what how he's viewed mm. um, within within British football, uh, and he's not maybe the million pound player that <laughs> David Martindale was kind of hoping or, <laughs> or thinking he would get for him. So. Staying with staying on strikers, but looking ahead to the Dundee game again. The big one is that um, Lauren Shanklin's back in training today, and is should well, hopefully should be fit to face to face Dundee again. He'd be it's going to be a massive massive boost to see him back in the back in the team. And I, I know there's been a lot written over the weekends, and I think Hearts fans are understandably frustrated by some of the coverage. From uh, media that's um, that's through the West and focused at, focused on it from a Rangers lens. Yeah, yeah, but we know that's what happens. I mean, me and you both know as well. We're journalists. We know we understand how the media works. You know, it's like yeah. So always stories about Celtic and Rangers get more clicks. They're more you know people want to read about them. And you know, Shanklin to Rangers is the big kind of story at the moment. And even as, as pure as pure speculation, of course, you know, there's nothing concrete there. But these are the stories that, that get clicks and people want to read about. So that's why these these keep on happening. Um, uh, yeah. But, you know, yeah. it's just, I, I mean, I, I certainly, I know there are a lot of people have been into it being like, oh, Joe, he's ill. That means he's not cup tied. Oh, here we go. But it just doesn't really hold much water for me, to be honest. I, don't, I think that's people just reading into stuff that's not quite there. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I would imagine that provided he's not way below match fitness, Shanklin surely starts. Uh, tomorrow night against Dundee just because yeah okay he's missed a few training sessions through being ill but even a shagging couldn't uh 60 70 80 percent James I was gonna say a lot better than Tagawa or you know whoever at the moment right I was gonna say if he's if uh, Shanklin's 20 percent fit I would say just don't run just you just 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 hover about the box if a ball falls you just stick it in the back of it that'll do <laughs> but no the Shanklin the, the, the latest I'm, I, that I'm aware no off stone offers there's contracts uh, on the table. There's obviously going to be loads of stuff, uh, loads of noise bouncing around. Both from but you'll have Hearts' perspective of it, the players' perspective, the agents' perspective. Nothing is. I think there's nothing really different in the Shankland contract negotiations. This happens across world football, but I do do think I'm confident in that it won't be leaving Tynecastle this month. Hearts are in such a such a strong position, still 18 months on, left on his deal. They know how important he is. He knows how important the next six months are for him because he needs to get in that Scotland squad. And if I was if I was him again, I, uh, I'm saying this uh, as, as a Hearts fan, so it's easy for me to say this, but I just look at him and thinking, just if, if anything, just go, I'm here until the end of the season and I'm going to fire Hearts into Europe. I want to get myself into the Scotland squad because if he gets himself in the Scotland squad, Steve Clark chucks him on against Hungary or Switzerland or Germany and he scores, then as people are just, the tournaments can do that. Okay, people are very much aware of you beforehand, but uh, being in a tournament scoring elevates you even further. So yeah, there's part of me feels for Stephen Naismith because um, I don't know how he's uh, how he's feeling answering questions, but I'm uh, just getting bored of, <laughs> of hearing the questions about about Shanklin. So so we'll move on and uh, look at the Dundee game. This will be this is a great opportunity for Hearts because no one no one else plays on a Tuesday night. Hearts win and at least for twenty four hours take an eight point lead in third place. And 
again, it's another opportunity to try and improve on the home performance, home performances slash results. Oh, of course, you know, um, and also it's another, it's also a way to show that the management team have learned from the mistakes made up in Dens Park earlier in the season as well. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously that game, that was a game where Hearts didn't really get going at all. Uh, finished one now, um, but to be fair, Hearts are a different animal now than they were back then. You know, like obviously there's been a change of formation. A lot of some of the players have settled a bit better. This, you know, this seems to be a bit of a clearer tactical identity and all the rest of it. So, I would think that. Um, I'm, I'm quietly optimistic going into this one. I think, um, obviously, Dundee don't have Beck uh, own Beck anymore at left back. That's a that's a blow for them. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who starts kind of uh, on the right hand side for Hearts because chances are they're going to be up against someone who's fairly new, who's not played much, who maybe doesn't get to know doesn't know his teammates all that very well, and there might that might be an area that the pitch that can get really exploited by. Someone like, say, Linda Kisa, who's absolutely rapid, as, as we've learned, and likes to get forward. So I think that that could be a big option, uh, a big um, part, uh, a really key area, I think, on the park for Hearts Attack, isn't that uh, going down Dundee's left? But you know, Dundee are a good team this season, though. They're, not, they're no mugs, and they will, they will make life difficult for Hearts. I mean, I've been quite impressed with um, the job that uh, Tony Dockett has done there. And I think you know some of the signings they've made and that kind of thing are really clever signings, good players. And, you know, for instance, I don't think they're going to be in any danger of relegation this season, which for a newly promoted club is always, uh, you know, really impressive. You know, it's always it's always a, a big string to their bow. So, yeah, no, I, I think it's, it's definitely, it's, a, it's going to be a tough game. And as we've just been uh, hearing as well, there's going to be another storm tomorrow night. So it's going to be, it's going to be difficult conditions. It's, go, it's going to be tricky. Um, but so, but I, know, I think, I don't think it's going to be quite... As much of a slog in the way that the games made against Levy or St Johnston were at home. I think that Dundee are they're not quite as defensive as that. I think they are a bit more adventurous. I think they will have a go. I don't think they'll set up just to hope play for a nil nil and see what happens. Um, so I think I think there could be chances for Hearts to kind of uh, get in behind or exploit a bit of space on the counter attack, which is something that we've not seen anywhere near enough of this season. But this is actually a rare opportunity where Hearts might be able to do that. Yeah, absolutely, and you made I think you make a couple of good points in both in terms of uh, Dundee, where they've they've been decent, but also we can get that one because again, uh, Owen Beck is is a massive loss for them, and so is Antonio Portales as well. He's been the Mexican defenders came in, he's been really good in that back three, and he brings a lot of composure on the ball. He's he's missed out, so when you take out Beck, when you take out him, the level, the quality in the Dundee eleven just naturally naturally drops. So there is. There are gaps there, or maybe vulnerabilities there that Hearts can uh, take a hold of. They'll likely play with a three-five-two. Their biggest threat, I think, is something that I mean, Hearts will be tested. Their uh, set-piece defensive record will be very much tested because I think Dundee, and it's something you 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 picked out at the start of the season when you we were talking about the attacking set set plays. Was Dundee are one of the best in the league at uh, creating chances or scoring goals from set pieces? Yeah, no, they're definitely a, a real threat from them. Um, and but it, I suppose that, that's another thing about the Spartans, wasn't it? Was that not the first game that um, does, does that count as a goal conceded from a set piece? Are we counting that? I'm not sure. It, it, it was funny because at the at the um, uh, at the managerial event, the uh, when Stephen Nason was doing his pre presentation, he put up the he put up some stats and he said that Hearts conceded one goal from set piece uh, a set play this season uh, in the league oh. and. I wasn't sure. I, I couldn't remember what that was. So uh, I've, I've not gone back to all the goals you conceded to see 
Um, oh, yeah, I need, I need to look into that then. Yeah. All right, okay. But yeah, I mean, obviously, we know that Hearts' defense, uh, set piece record's been excellent. Um, we know that as well against the Spartans, Vargas was left up top and then, then Hearts ended up conceded. So maybe that's the last thing <laughs> yeah, that happened. Yeah, I know. Maybe that's that, that brief experiment drawn to a close already. Um, but yeah, yeah, that, it's an area, yeah, Dundee can't hurt you from there. They've got some big, some, uh, yeah, big powerful defenders at the back. To, to be honest, I think the, the main player that um, Hearts need to be wary of for me is Luke McCown. Yeah. Who just continues to go from strength to strength. Um, I've always been a fan ever since he was at, uh, I'm sure it was Air United, he was at before Dundee. And he's kind of bounced down a championship for a while and he's really seized his opportunity at Dundee. He's been a fantastic player for them this year. And he's the one who, he 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 is he's the danger man. He's the one that needs to be really like, closely marshaled and carefully looked at because if he gets on the ball and he starts playing well, he can make life really really difficult for you. Yeah, they've, they've we spoke about him on this show a couple of weeks ago with Scott. Well, with Scott and I spoke about mm. him. Uh, got, maybe got his age wrong, but uh, he's he's older than older than we thought. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a talent. You've also got like. Lyle Cameron as well wasn't used the weekend in their Scottish Cup uh, defeat to Kilmarnock. You look at their, you look at their attack. They've got uh, Bakayoko who's been who's been a good sign and good focal point. They've also signed just signed Curtis Main as well. I think every Scottish Premiership fan knows what what Curtis Main's all about. Yeah, he caused, yes, he certainly caused Hearts to be a bit of problems last season. However, you look at the. You look at the Hearts' backline now, really solid, uh, especially the fact that you've got, it's going to likely be Halkett, Kent and Kingsley. I think they'll yeah. happily deal with the physical side of things. Three guys three guys who are good in there. So I think that should be uh, that should be a problem. And I'd imagine Naismith will continue with the back three. So if we've got that, them as the three, I reckon Len Bikisa probably is the right wing back. Cochrane's the left wing back. Who, and then Vargas and Shankland is the front two. Who's... Who's your goalkeeper and who's your midfield free if you're Stephen Naismith? Uh, so I, re- I reckon Craig Gordon will probably start this one again. Oh, do you? Uh, <laughs> I, I, do, I, yeah. think, I think Xander Clark will come back in. Do you, right? Okay. That's yeah. my, my thinking is just that um, obviously Gordon's still, you know, getting back to where he was. He's still, you know, trying to regain his match fitness. I just don't know if it's that beneficial to throw him in for one game and then take him back out again and immediately relegate him to the bench. Maybe you want to give him, a, a, a you know, two, three, four games. You know, to get you know to get a few get some more minutes under his belt, get some more competitive games under his belt, and then at that point you maybe start rotating. But yeah, I mean, let's it, it, it is a coin toss. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, in terms of the midfield, um, again, I think it pretty much picks itself. I'll be honest. Um, I think we'll probably see Benny as the six, Noonhoff to the right, and then Grant to the left. Um, I think Grant just now. Is probably a nailed on starter just because of his playmaking ability. Nobody else can really do that in the squad at present. Uh, obviously, Scott Fraser's on his way, but we're not sure if he's going to be in, uh, announced in time for tomorrow. And, and again, even if he is, it might be a bit much. You can't see him getting chucked in the starting 11 straight away anyway. Um, and then on the other midfield slot, uh, I think it'll be Noonhoff just because Nace Fifth really likes Noonhoff, and Noonhoff does tend to start pretty much every game. So yeah, I, I would imagine that it's probably be those three, but I wouldn't be surprised to see someone like Aidan Denham to uh, be given a be given an opportunity, particularly because obviously again up at Dens Park, he made that mistake that wasn't great. Maybe this is a chance to show that again he's learned what he's done, he's learned he's learned from his mistakes, and that it's uh you know he can kind of exercise those demons to an extent. 
Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I've, I've gone. I think Clark just because of his consistency this this season. I thought it was it was more the Spartans game was just a, a good opportunity to bring Clark uh, Gordon back in. How he plans to keep, as he says, Gordon and main uh, Clark happy between now and the end of the season. I have no idea how he's going to do that. He uh, makes me seems confident. No idea how you do that with uh, two goalkeepers. With midfield, Benny, yeah, Benny starts. Grant has to start as well. And then, yeah, it's between Neunhoff and Neunhoff, Neunhoff and Denham for me. Personally, Denham, but I think he'll go, I think Naismith will go Neunhoff. I think he, well, I, I think, no, I know, uh, just because the way he talks about Neunhoff, he likes the way he controls, um, he controls the game, well, tries to control the game for Hearts and uh, the qualities he has. So, yeah, that's... Um, that's what I'm thinking. So I, I think the, probably the two big calls are Clark, uh, whoever plays in goals, and whoever's in midfield with, with Grant and Benny. What do you think? The give me a prediction, uh, James, before we go on to talk about a couple of other things. Um, do you know, I think we might even get a two 0 I don't think it might, I was going to say okay. one 0 but no. Do you think, I think we might even get treated to two goals, which will be a nice treat. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think it'll be. A, I don't think it'll be an easy game by any stretch of the imagination. I think it will be. Nah quite tight but I do think the hearts will kind of edge it in the key areas um but I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be entirely surprised if Dundee managed to get a goal either again I, I, I quite rate Dundee to be honest this season I think they're quite a good I think they're quite a decent team and uh, I think they've got enough about them to cause a, a quite a few teams a, a fair few problems so I'm gonna go for a yeah, two one win like you said I, I think they've, they've got a goal on them I think it'll be very very tight um and uh it's probably a quite a tense, uh, tense evening at Tyne Castle, and the wait for three goals and uh, in a demi- in a league fixture goes on. Before we finish, <laughs> know, before we finish up, we'll uh, answer a couple of questions that in came in the chat. So Graham asks, any chance Fraser will be signed and in the squad? Um, there is there's a chance the fact that Naismith spoke about him both uh, in the broadcast and written press uh, uh, this this afternoon suggests that Hearts are very very confident of getting the deal done. I think there's I think there's just uh, it's almost like cro- the matter of crossing the t's and dotting the i's. Whether they can get him registered in time, I'm not sure. I would, wouldn't be surprised if it was announced tomorrow in the run up to the game, and he might be on the bench. But again, I don't know. Uh, that's that's not um, that's not any official um, uh, like um, a view on it. That's just um, just my gut feeling. You've watched you've watched a wee bit of Fraser. You're doing a piece for the website. Well, whenever he gets uh, whenever he gets announced, mm-hmm. James, we might do just a, a brief um, pod tomorrow or whenever he gets announced on him and what Hearts fans can expect. So we'll leave we'll leave looking at him just yet. Robert Gill asks, do you think there'll be others leaving before the end of the window? Um, to be honest, the only one I could think of would be if another striker was brought in, possibly Tagawa gets loaned yeah. out to somebody who's like maybe doesn't see as much of the ball to a team that maybe do counter-attack a bit more. You know, maybe someone towards the bottom end of the Premiership where <clears throat> he might get those opportunities, might get a chance in, in a system that maybe suits him a wee bit better. But I think aside from that, it's hard to say. You know, again, maybe a couple of the young guys, maybe one or two of the young guys head out on loan. But yeah, it's like you said. I think I think a big one is if 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 Hearts. But you have to remember, Tagawa's on a four-year deal. So if they still got, if they they still hope that he'll uh, become a a key player for Hearts or a useful striker contributor for the team, then I don't think there'd be any um, 
any issue. I think that's we if, if 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 they still have a feeling he's got long term future hearts. I think a uh, loan move somewhere else in the Premiership would be would be beneficial to him. I don't think many more would leave just because you look at Halliday having left, Lowry having left, a couple of injuries that it's it's not it's getting down to the size of squad that probably Nasif wants to operate with. So you mentioned a few young boys. I think a lot of the guys who are around the first team. I think they'll they'll probably stay around it. Um, you got Peter Haring as well. He wasn't in the squad at the weekend. Be interested if he's in the squad tomorrow. He could be yeah, one. He's one he, that wouldn't surprise me actually. To be honest, if Haring moved on, given that. I mean, you can count the amount of games he's played this season on one hand, right? Yeah, so he, he was involved quite a bit in the uh, start of the season um, because, uh, he, again, he's a big... Uh, Naismith is a big admirer from They get on really well. They've got a good relationship from their playing uh, playing career. I do think maybe Hanning would, uh, they might keep him around just because of his influence in, uh, behind the scenes. Um, his role in the role in the dressing room, a very popular figure, really good experience, etc., etc. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if no one no one leaves between now and the end of the window or hearts bring in Fraser and potentially at most one more. The Graham mentions that great to see Harry Stone sign a new deal. Both him and Ethan Drysdale have signed deals until 2025. Harry Stone's on loan at Queen of the South. He's been playing regularly and um, doing doing well. I think Naismith spoke about, you put the piece um or uh, someone put the piece on the site the, this afternoon, and Naismith was talking about how the the loans been going well, and that was part of his development that he saw. And yeah, I think there's still got a, a feeling that he can still progress, which is key. We've also got Liam McFarlane as well, who's been the B team keeper. He's signed a new deal, and then there's Ethan Drysdale. A wee bit on Ethan Drysdale is that he's missed a lot of football over the last couple of years because of injury. This is his last year of 18s. He's been brilliant when he has played for the 18s. He's been really impressive for the B team. He played in the bounce game. Uh, so he's a left back. He played in the bounce game against Kilmarnock on Monday. And I believe he showed up really well playing up against Danny Armstrong. So he's another one that's, that's highly rated. And finally, I'll ask you this one, um, James. Daniel asks, could we do it in Europe? Let's say we faced Palk now. Uh, ooh. I mean, the Hearts are definitely a much better team now than they were at the start of the season. They're a lot more solid. Like, I, I don't think they'd go over to Greece and get battered 4 0 again. But, uh, oh, oh, that's a really good question. Uh, I think they'd be better for sure. But, I don't know, Palk, Palk were quite good. But then, then they played Aberdeen, and that, yeah. Aberdeen made them look very ordinary, didn't they? So, uh, so I'm, I'm going to set the fence on this one. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, could 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 Hearts do it? Yes. Could Hearts do it? Uh, yes. But it's uh, but that's 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 the big thing. It's like that's that's the aim to get into Europe cons- uh, consistently and then get closer to these teams and be able to take scalps like that and not exit the the, the tournament meekly uh, in the way they did in Greece. It's it, it's it's a key, and I think that's again that's the importance of continuity. Is that you're not changing manager in the summer and having to build again, or not changing loads of uh, loads of players that they build this experience together and and get there and improve. So that's that's key. And hopefully we get the chance again uh, as as a team that finishes third and in the group stages next season. But until probably Wednesday or maybe tomorrow, depends if we speak about Fraser. But until Wednesday when we review the Dundee game, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. And thank you very much, James, for your contribution. 
Thank you for having me. No, no problem. Uh, I'll have you again many times over the next uh, uh, the next six months. Yeah, you're stuck Goodbye. with me.